0: This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn Basket Case Clubs into Showcase Clubs. Clubs. Hello everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. My name's Michael Connolly and it is again my pleasure to be your host on this journey of Basket Casey goodness. Joining me as always, well as usual at least, is Steve Connolly. G'day Steve.
1: Hey this is not a basket Casey goodness episode. this is an AGME goodness <laughs> episode.
0: <laughs> I love AGMs because they only happen once a year <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> And some of you will remember the story that Michael told about... Talking with his youngest son Ethan, who said, "Oh, you know, we're lamenting some painful AGM from memory, Michael. You'll be able to correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong." And he said, "Oh, yeah, the good thing about annual general meetings, at least they only happen once a year." And Michael <laughs> turned to him and said, "They don't happen once for us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me." <laughs> but it's no, I'm same. really excited. AGMs are—it's—it's it's a funny thing that in most clubs, uh, they have had at least one painful AGM. Where there's been angst in the lead up, you know, people are planning to misbehave, and then they turn up and do misbehave, uh, um, but really they- don't know how to
0: behave. They sit there and just, you oh know, yes. just, well, how, yeah, we we talked we've talked about that before. So, for, for those of you listening live, or listening live, uh, listening soon after this. I'm listening, listening live. <laughs> yeah. And we have a webinar coming up on this topic. So, we thought that in the lead up to that webinar, which is going to be on the 10th of October at 12.30. So, it's a lunchtime listen for you. We thought we'd do a bit of a teaser for that and introduce some of the topics beforehand because it'll give us more of a chance to delve in deeply. And, Steve, I'm sure that when you do that, you'll um, encourage people to have a back listen to this as well. You're better now. <laughs> but doing the webinar. Webinar. Wait, so I'm doing good. the webinar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to take it off your hands. We usually fight over this. We do topic. fight over this one. So an AGM is that meeting that happens only once a year in your club, in, in per, yeah per per organization. <laughs> yes, uh, that is it's. It should be largely ceremonial, but a lot of people get it wrong. So a lot of people try and do too much at the AGM. A lot of people don't know how to control the the rowdy mob at the AGM. A lot of people get scared about the fact that the AGM is a chance for people to have a vote, to have a say, Mm. which is, you know, this is a democracy. So we're supposed to have an opportunity for the members to lead the organization. And the AGM is that chance it's a chance where they get to say, these are the people that we would like to be our leaders. Yes, we're happy with the financial performance. And no, we're not. And this is what we want to do about it. Uh, these and then some, maybe some ceremonial things as well. So if we appoint a patron, for instance, if we've got life members... But that should be about all. And we'll, as we go through this little mini series on AGMs in the lead up to the webinar, we'll, we'll touch on each of those steps. But we just want to introduce the the topic today and go through the first steps. And so I think that having an opportunity to listen, particularly because now we're nearing the end of September, and a lot of, particularly in sport, a lot of sports clubs have their financial year end at the end of the, at the end of September, and that's because they're a winter sports code, for instance, and that nicely for them puts their entire season within a financial year and then their AGM comes up in two or three or four months after that so it's it's this hopefully gives you a little bit of a chance to think about each of the things that we present and get them underway and then come back and get your next dose of basket casey goodness in preparing for your AGM
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh we should probably, I mean, we've hinted by saying it happens once a year, but sometimes in discussions with really new volunteers, they even ask, you keep saying AGM, what is an AGM? So maybe we should break that down in the first instance and explain what an AGM actually is. An annual
0: general meeting. There, next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should
1: have been a teacher, Michael. <laughs>
0: Now, then I would have just written it on the whiteboard, or I'm old enough to remember having blackboards when I was a kid. <laughs> Not Short slates. Everywhere. Yeah. God, shut up. <laughs>
1: okay. So, yes, it is, as as you say, though, uh, really um, a meeting at which the statutory business, the stuff that you've got to do at that meeting should happen. And uh, all too often, that really important statutory stuff kind of takes a back seat, doesn't it, to the the other nonsense that often brings a lot of people to these meetings. And when things, what's always fascinating for me is that when things are ticking along positively, no one turns up no one sticks their hand up to take on a position. And it's only when the shit hits the fan that everyone, you know, comes out of the woodwork and wants to have their say and tell the board or committee who've just given up at least, you know, the last year of their life for the betterment of the organization, how shit a job they've done <laughs> in some yeah. cases. And look, I'm speaking, you know, quite critically there.
0: Often, um, it is, you are talking about outlaws though. It's I am. I am. When you go to as many AGMs are involved as many in, in as many clubs as we are, which, you know, it's well over 10,000 now, you, the, even if it's only 2%, 2% of 10,000 is bigger than 2% of one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a reasonable number. And, and even if, uh, some of that, um, kind of undesirable uh, behaviour or um, activity, you know, kind of doesn't happen at your AGM, there can still be that anticipation that it might and there can still be that worry and the angst that I mentioned earlier that builds up for the the board and committee in the lead up to the meeting itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think something that's important to note, though, is that some of that discomfort is fine. And it's always going to be uncomfortable, but it's mm. the political discomfort. So, when and speaking constitutions, when people try and change their constitution so that the incumbent get a, an easier ride through an election process, which is not allowed, you know, you've got to have democratic elections. But if you try and change it so that you're keeping the baddies out, then if mm-hmm. the baddies get in, you're also keeping the goodies out. So you've you've got to realise that politics is a is a level playing field with known rules. Now you can tip the game in your favour. You don't change, the rules are in the constitution and the playing field is your club. So you you know how it works and you know what rules you need to abide by, but both sides, whether it's um, voting yes or no for a, for a resolution or whether it's voting for one candidate over another, both sides to a vote or all sides to, to a vote if there's multiple candidates for a position, have the same rules. So they can all politic. They can all, if your constitution allows for proxy voting, for instance, they can all get proxies. They can all encourage their friends to turn up and vote. They can all, yeah, so the rules are the same for everyone at least. And you, you can't let the discomfort of politics cloud make you not like it, but you've then got to reduce the conflict overall.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really looking forward through this series to dispelling, hopefully, some myths that float around in people's minds, even subconsciously, quite often. And one of those is if a candidate for a board or committee position has the right to vote at the AGM by virtue of their membership of the club or association, I often get asked, can that person vote for themselves? Of course they can vote for themselves. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance they think they're going to be the best person for the job. Yep. So as long as they hold a vote as a member, they can absolutely vote for them, themselves in the election process. But also, as you say, that the Constitution is critical in really clearly mapping out the process for the meeting. And all too often... We see constitutions or organisations in some cases that have just adopted the model rules where there's ambiguity in the document and that can lead to real discomfort, maybe beyond the point of um, reasonableness, as you say, you know, some discomfort's okay. It helps you to do the right job in preparing and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and ensuring that the meeting is, uh, you know, called and held in a proper way. If your constitution doesn't provide clarity, and I think you just pointed to this a moment ago, if there's two candidates for a position and there's an equal number of votes for each candidate, your constitution should be really clear about what you do there. Because the last thing you want is to be floundering during the meeting, trying to make rules up on the fly because your constitution doesn't provide that clarity. That makes things really uncomfortable and can, you know, allow things to get out of hand during an AGM.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. It's inf- interesting though, if there is that level of ambiguity and obviously when we're talking constitutions, if you've, if you don't want that there and you want some clarity there, then there's two ways you can deal with it. And this is the sort of stuff that we do all the time. So we're quite familiar with this. If, if I see that in a constitution, then I'll typically take one of two paths. I'll either say, look, this is simple enough that we can, because the organization is I'll say simple but I don't mean simple as in stupid. <laughs> I mean simple as in not uh, not overly complex. We I mean, say so let's just sort this out in the Constitution we can put a process in there that says this is this is near enough and say so let's do it there. But for organizations that are more complex, then it's sometimes better to say, well, let's actually build a, a set of rules for elections and put them somewhere else, like the bylaws, where it makes more sense to put those. And this is this is important for when you're dealing with high levels of complexity. For things like if you've got electronic elections and you actually want to have a fairly fixed process for those each year so it's consistent each year but the the in doing that it gives you some some flexibility to 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 tweak them if you find that some things didn't work well you can go and fix them and then there's the ability for the uh, for within the bounds of the constitution for the people who are on the board for instance at that time to make changes but you you still can't just go and tweak them so that you end up staying in because that's obviously then going to break the rules of the constitution so we're getting into a bit more detail there that is is complex but it's important to look in the constitution but if you find Stephen you definitely know this if you find in there that there is ambiguity then go and have a look at who gets to make the final call because you'll most likely find that it's the management committee or board that has the ability to interpret the constitution should there be any conjecture and so then what they say goes but again it's got to be within the spirit of democracy and
1: that becomes a little complicated when all of the board positions are vacant because they've been declared that way in the lead-up to the elections during the AGM. Wait, who's
0: going to interpret this? We don't have a management committee. So avoid that if you can. (laughs) Hence, ladies and gentlemen, why Steve and I spend a lot of time at AGMs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you just know the face, Steve, the face that people look at us when they go, can you? And then you just see this face, he goes, (gasps) Yep. And you go, yes, we can answer that. <laughs> you yep. go through the process. Thank heavens they're here, yeah. the nerds. Yeah.
1: So another question, another myth that I'm hoping that we can dispel through this series is this question about audited financial statements. So this is an item of statutory business. The financials must be presented to the members. As you've said, we run a little democracy and the members must be kept well informed as to the organisation's financial position and the money that we've made and the money that we've spent in the preceding financial year. So this question that was asked to me only earlier this week in the last few days, you know, football clubs having difficulty getting a response from the person who was appointed as their auditor at the last AGM, and they now are exploring options for appointing a new auditor. And the question has come up, do we need to have our financial statements prepared, ready for presentation to the members at the AGM? The answer is an unequivocal yes, that is a must have. It is one of the required items of business. And for that reason, we say, have your financial statements absolutely ready before your AGM, so that you can tick that statutory box
0: and get them get them to the auditors straight away. So your finance, so you should be using financial management software that says, "Boom, the year's closed. We've got some, we've got some receipts that, we, sorry, we've got some invoice that we haven't yet paid. We've got some outstanding money that we're yet to." But we know that. So boom, we draw the line in the sand and say that's the how the position is at the end of the financial year. So there shouldn't be a massive delay in getting the books to the auditor in the first place. And the smirk on your face is the same as the one on mine that says, "Yeah, but then people just don't do it." So just, just do it because the knock-on effect of that is that you you can't have your AGM because you must present the financial statements at your AGM. So get the bloody things done, get them back, and then set the date for your AGM when you're confident that you've got them. Because it's an absolute pain in the ass if you've got a if you you've called your AGM and then the books don't come back from the auditor. And look, I'm not h- hanging shit on auditors, but often they're doing work not necessarily pro bono, but very cheap. So yeah. they don't priori- prioritize it over their multi-million dollar business accounting work that they're doing. Yeah. So sometimes you got to bear with them. So get your financials because it's a must have. So that brings us to the end of our first episode on AGMs and constitutions. And as I said at the beginning, this is all in the lead up to our webinar on the 10th of October. So you'll be able to register for that at cprgroup.com.au slash webinars. And you can the note will also be in the description for this episode as well. So make sure that you follow us on social media and you'll find all of the links to our social profiles in the description for this episode. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you follow the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on so that you make sure you don't miss that and any of the fantastic episodes we've got coming up. Plus, you can re-listen to any of the old ones that you've liked as well. So uh, with that, Steve, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure talking AGMs and constitutions. with It's funny how like, when we sit down and have a glass of red, we still talk about AGMs and <laughs> No, you shouldn't you admit should. that to people. Shouldn't tell people <laughs> this, Michael.
1: Uh, thanks again, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, and I look forward to talking more AGM stuff in the coming weeks. All right. See you later. Bye.
0: Basket Case Clubs acknowledges the traditional custodians of the country on which we record, being Yugambir, Tarable, Jagara, and Kabi Kabi Land. We recognise their enduring connection to land, waters and culture and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to First Nations listeners.